0: It's news to us. We are here live on Adobe Radio. It is the week of July 20th, 2020. Uh, Jason and Katie here remote as uh, COVID-19 continues.
1: We're we're in our second studio is what I like studio
0: to call Studio now.
2: Giving Eddie a hard time.
0: There, yes. <laughs> well, you know, um, that's okay. Because we all need to laugh a little bit. Because the world is just always on fire lately. It does feel like that, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, uh, what's going on in Portland right now is just pretty crazy, right? It's scary. It's not crazy. It's scary.
2: God bless moms.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about uh, the unrest in Portland. They grab them, a lot of people in jail, they're leaders. Yeah, there's uh, DJT talking about the uh, the feds. They did grab people, they put them in jail, they're leaders. Oh, uh, I'm so happy about that. Of course he is. Ugh. And uh, then we have a guest uh, running, uh, another person running for office, for Congress, a 28-year-old med student. And uh, this guy is uh, progressive. He's not taking any super PAC money. Seems to be a trend with a lot of progressives. Uh, Jason, who's our guest
3: this evening? It's Solomon Rajput. What has every other country done? They've been able to figure out how to make healthcare a human right. That's just a fancy way of saying if you're sick, you should be able to see a doctor. It's news to us with Eddie, Jason, and Katie.
0: Oh, look at that!
3: Oh, you guys love me. You
2: really love me. You're now and in the fa- open.
1: Her face lit up. Oh man,
0: it was like Christmas morning just now.
2: What a surprise!
0: Yeah, we had to pay top dollar for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh i'm not going to be able to afford to feed my dog but it's worth it
2: oh no hugo (laughs) he
0: eats a pound of food a month (laughs) that is the beauty of having a three pound dog is he's really really inexpensive (laughs) unless of course he has to go to bed or something yeah
2: Yeah. we'll send him some of rome's food rome won't miss a pound of food this month
0: (laughs) (laughs) well uh good to have you back katie Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Yes. Uh, Should we, before we get to talk about the Dirty Deets and the Feds in Portland, I thought maybe we should uh, talk about face masks a little bit more because there are Karens throughout the United States that are uh, freaking out about face masks.
1: There's Karens and Kens. Let's not discriminate, Eddie.
0: Okay. Whatever. Well, I have two Karens. (laughs) I don't have oh, a Ken. Good. Did you bring a Ken for a us? A nightmare I don't have-
2: ride for a Lyft driver. Well. He was punched by a passenger who then apparently tried to spit on him. The attack happened when she refused to wear a face mask inside of his car.
0: <laughs> Isn't that pleasant? That's so gross. Get the fuck out of my car. Yeah. P- people are losing their minds. So there's uh, that happening. A uh, a woman spitting on her Lyft driver because she f- refuses to wear a face mask. And if you think that's bad, how about uh, this story right here? We've
2: seen all kinds of confrontations involving masks, verbal and physical fights, even coughing fits. But this one might top them all. Police say a woman refused to leave a local store and you won't believe what happened next.
0: She peed all over the store. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I was going to cut to the chase because they like beat around the bush in the story, you know. Uh, but yeah, she uh, she peed. She peed. She urinated like it like a dog. Just you know. um, fuck, man. Well, I mean, obviously,
1: like that lady is like mentally unstable.
0: Right. We don't know that. I mean, we have- I don't know. She's having a bad day. You know that much. <laughs> well, you, she just drops trowel and pees. We don't know is that if what
3: she, you're saying.
1: We don't, we're not sure if she dropped trout
2: <laughs> or just like pissed
1: herself <laughs> like through her clothes. I, I want more. I need to know you more. Need need more.
2: Okay, let's see. A regular day at work turned into quite a show at the Verizon store off Galleria Boulevard in Roseville. It's easy to leave, not wearing masks. This is the
0: dispatcher talking
2: several times, and she's refusing a dispatch operator tells an officer a group of three people aren't wearing masks and refusing to leave the Verizon store. But it's what happened next that's jaw-dropping. They're
1: calling back again and advised that that female now pulled her pants down and is urinating inside the business.
0: So she did drop trow. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. Over face masks, which... We are we are told over and over again by the CDC, by health officials that wearing these face masks, not only now they're saying not only protect other people, but yourself. A new study came out saying that covering your nose and your mouth actually protect you and reduce your chance of getting COVID-19 by 65% just by you covering. Now, if both people are covering, it's like a lot more than that. I don't know exactly yeah. that stat is. I'm sure. I mean, it's pretty sad where... You know,
1: before you cover face, you cover your face. You wear a face mask to, to stop the spread and stop from infecting other people if you have the sickness. But people ignore that; like they don't want to help other people. Like yeah, but but I feel like there. I think it's that number is uh, shrinking. I think there's more and more people getting on board with the the face coverings.
0: I don't want to ever give uh, him any credit just because he's just a terrible human being. But uh, our president did say that he advises people to wear masks. Uh, Too little too late, too little too late. And his tweet was really disgusting. No, no, it's not too little. That's not too little. (laughs) Okay. There's people. Fair enough. No, 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 no. You're right. You're right. Go ahead. There's, there's, there's,
1: 30-40% Thirty to forty percent of people in this country that trust what this man says, and if he him saying that makes them go out and start wearing a face mask without incident, like we should still support that, whether you agree with how he did you it or really not
2: I really think that's gonna but, happen,
1: but their fault they he's like a cult it's like a cult anymore
0: here's his tweet. This is how I feel we it's are like united in our effort to defeat the invisible China virus. And many people say that it is patriotic to wear a mask. And when you can't socially distance, there's nobody more patriotic than me, your favorite president. <laughs> what? I, like I said, I don't agree with the message, but as long as you I'm, can see through his bullshit, as it maybe makes a few more people wear no, a mask. It's, that's it's a good not thing. even seeing through his bullshit. It no, the people, bullshit is people like trust this something. man. I know but he but he has to turn this message into uh, something to serve his own ego. There's nobody more patriotic than me, your favorite president. He has to put that at the end of a public service announcement saying to wear a mask. But anyways, if it gets a couple more people to wear a mask, I agree with you. Yes. That's a good thank thing. You. That is a good It thing. is
1: a good thing. It sucks like he has to do it like that and it's taken 5 months but
0: What's happening you in Portland? Let's, See, uh, yes. I feel like he's oh. only
2: doing it because he feels like he's about to lose an election because people are dying.
0: Most likely. Most likely. Dirty Deets, what's I, happening perfect. in Portland?
2: The Dirty Deets.
3: An in-depth look at this week's most important stories.
0: Disturbing. Disturbing. I was following the story over the weekend. I don't know if... Were you guys following what's happening in Portland over the weekend?
2: Yeah,
1: I was following last week when uh, we started seeing uh, a lot of these reports come out.
0: Terrifying. Oregon Public Broadcasting reported that uh, there were federal, uh, or there are federal officials from a number of agencies that are driving around Portland and detaining people. Now, according to some reports, these these feds have rented minivans from Enterprise Rent-A-Car, and they're they're not marked. They're just <laughs> minivans. It looks like something you go to get picked up at soccer practice in and they're throwing bags over people's heads and uh, throwing them in the back of these vans. (laughs) Really crazy. The protesters peacefully from reports, peaceful protesters are being detained and uh, they're not, when they ask these, these federal uh, law enforcement people who they are and what agency they're with, they're not responding. Yeah. Um, here is a first-hand account. This is actually somebody who's on the ground in Portland. This is Twitter user Crazy Fucking World. <laughs> okay, so that's her, That's her Twitter. It, it really is. Uh,
2: we don't have a lot of time here. Um, I live in Portland, Oregon. Um, maybe you've heard what's going on. Maybe you haven't. DHS has been sent in. The National Guard has been sent in. Um, ICE has been sent in. Um, They are literally, there's camouflaged soldiers um, that have no ID, that are reading no Miranda rights, that are kidnapping Portland protesters, throwing them into, or gently placing them into unmarked vans that they rented from Enterprise. Enterprise leased a bunch of unmarked vans for Trump's Gestapo to come in, kidnap Portland protesters, and we don't know where they are.
0: So it it is it's pretty crazy what's going down. Now uh these who are these assholes? We'll we'll get to that in just a second. You but, know
1: what? Yeah. If I was detained, there's any way you can cause damage to those rental vans so <laughs> they don't get the deposit back would be awesome. Yes, drop trout and pee in the yes, back. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But you, you know, if you're handcuffed, you can't really you know, I don't know if you want to piss yourself, but I don't. I don't know how you do it, but like makes their
2: life more miserable. Yeah, let's try
0: to yeah. get.
1: Let's try to get those deposits uh, wiped out.
0: <laughs> you have like these thugs though that come up to you. They're in camel f- camo, and uh, they won't identify themselves. They won't say what law enforcement they're with, and then they throw you in the back of you. You're being kidnapped. Like if, you are. If I mean, that is kidnapping,
2: absolutely terrifying. Could you imagine being taken and your friends are screaming? Where are you taking them? Where are you taking them? And they just won't answer.
0: What where like, and where are the Second Amendment people that that say uh, the, the reason why we have a Second Amendment is to protect ourselves against a tyrannical government? Yeah. Um. I mean, because like if if one of these people came up to you, one of these camouflaged idiots, and they don't identify themselves, how are you supposed to know it's just not some crazed lunatic from the woods? You don't. Yeah, I would assume that they are crazed lunatics. Especially if they're not reading Miranda, uh,
1: your Miranda rights as you're being arrested.
2: Oh, they have a Velcro patch on them that says police.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and they're, they're, <laughs> they're and the, the scary thing is they're technically not breaking any laws. as from what I can from what I've gathered. Um, yeah, now, these that's true. these federal law enforcement people don't have to identify themselves as being law enforcement. There's actually no law that says that they need to do that, which is scary. That is scary but there
1: was movement today that um uh, I think uh Senator uh Wyden and other senators An AOC try to Huh? AOC too. Oh, maybe. Yes. Yeah, I didn't see that yeah, but it's in the prep uh, They the try to they try to make it where they have to announce who they are um while you know and show who they are with names and and such when policing protests.
2: I mean, police officers have to have their their name displayed and a badge number displayed when they're arresting you, so that they can be held accountable for their actions while arresting. So, what makes these guys so special?
1: They're protecting federal uh, buildings.
2: Yeah, but if they're arresting people, they should be held to the same standard. They should. I, be, I just but
0: don't know that we've never had to have this law though, because I we've never had this situation. It's never
2: happened.
0: And basically, yeah. without that law, there it basically does. Set up uh, a, a, like a, an administration like Trump to put together a secret police, um, a Gestapo, like we saw in Nazi Germany. Yeah. Um, and if this is happening in Portland, it's going to be happening in other places, and it most likely is going to start. We'll tell you why in just a second. Uh, but here's I some. I
2: actually saw yeah. earlier that the, it had been happening in California, in parts of California. And for oh, some man. reason, I guess we just hadn't heard much about
0: it. That's crazy yeah well yeah. um so what are what exactly are these by the way, should we say i mean guess who who are these idiots? they're border patrol cool. agents from what we've gathered and understand uh these guys are basically i mean they this is the same group of border patrol agents remember the border patrol agents had this racist Facebook group. And uh where they were posting a lot of racist memes and uh and really crude photos of AOC and stuff. You Remember this story that came out not too yeah. long ago? Well it's, it's those same yeah. guys. Because apparently the the Border Patrol has jurisdiction within a hundred miles of the border. Did you know that? Crazy. Yeah. So that's what's going on is um that this it's the uh the customs and border protection officers are who is doing this.
1: What? Well, so, from what I've gathered, it's the Department of Homeland Security. They have a federal protection service for uh, federal buildings uh, around the country, and they actually have the power to bring in uh, border patrol agents. I've also read reports that um, there could be uh, members from like the Coast Guard, even like the Coast Guard.
3: That wow. it, they've
1: deployed along with border patrol agents and they have jurisdiction on land or in the immediate vicinity of federal property and all of the unrest and all of these uh, uh, units uh, member, you know, law enforcement uh, units that are unmarked and uh, federally uh, placed are acting under that direction. And it's around a federal courthouse in Downtown Portland.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, that doesn't make it any less terrifying. They no, will, it does not. But
2: <laughs> they were still arresting people that weren't near the federal building, though.
0: And there are reports right. of the these guys being really thuggish, too, because they don't have to answer to anybody. They just show up and they'll throw people in the back of vans. According to reports that we are reading and seeing, uh, one guy's actually uh, ex military and he was thinking, all these guys can't do anything to me. I'm just going to stand my ground, and there's actually a video of this that's gone viral. He ends up being beaten with a baton over the head three times, and then they pepper spray him at point-blank range, and this guy's like this big military dude, and And he does
2: nothing. He just turns around and walks away. He flips
0: him off, by the way.
1: With his
2: broken hand.
1: Now there's a report saying that he he has several broken fingers Mm. will require surgery, and this guy doesn't even flinch when you have three of these officers attack him, you know, they beat him with batons yeah. and, and spray him with pepper spray, and the man doesn't move. He doesn't even wipe his eyes free. He just turns around, walks away, and flips him off as he's walking.
0: Ugh, man. Uh, but there, apparently, we're going to be seeing more of this in other cities. Uh, DJT tweeted on Sunday uh, that uh, not only is he trying to help Portland, but uh, Philadelphia, Chicago, New York, Detroit, Baltimore, Oak, Oakland, and other cities are going to uh, be seeing more federal law enforcement. And actually, here he is talking about it. Oh, go oh, Here he is. Uh. So helpful. And then the police are afraid so to do anything. I, I know New York very well. I know the police very well. New York's finest. And the fact is, they're restricted from doing anything. They can't do anything. So what are you planning on doing? Well, I'm going to do something that I can tell you. Because we're not going to let New York and Chicago and Philadelphia and Detroit and Baltimore and all of these. Oakland is a mess. We're not going to let this happen in our country. All run by liberal Democrats. Oh, shut the... So now he's making this a partisan issue, too, by the way, on top of it. Uh, That's what what this all is, anyways. If this were... It really is. If there were massive Proud Boys protests throughout the United States and they were getting, you know, a little bit out of hand. We wouldn't be seeing federal agents going in right now. And that's just my belief. That's just my belief.
2: Absolutely not. Um, He'd be cheering them on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What were you going to say, Jason? your
1: Your belief is based on evidence, though. Like, given the last few years, like, everything that DJT has done and said, uh, "When it regarding you know proud boys and you know white supremacists, like they allow that. Like look what happened in Charlottesville.
2: There's fine people on both
0: sides. I mean, we didn't see federal officers in there, unless we're talking about Black Lives Matter protests. And there aren't fine people on both sides, by the way. Yeah, at least he hasn't said that, but he has about racist um, gatherings." Uh, yeah. So anyways, it was, we love 2020. It's awesome. AOC, <laughs> like we said earlier, is uh, introducing legislation this week that will require federal law enforcement officials to clearly identify themselves. And I'm sure that the turtle's going to pass that swiftly. That's
2: the not... only thing he does swiftly.
0: <laughs> I'm sure that's not going to sit on the uh, turtle's desk, go right to the, uh, the graveyard. <laughs> <sighs> But anyways, that's, it's, it's scary what's happening, um, and we should all be paying attention to this. There, there was this, this old quote from uh, Germany in 1946 this pastor put out there. He said, uh, first they came for the socialists and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist, and they came for trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews. I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me and there was no one left to speak for me. Yep. So we speak for the black lives matter movement continuing on in Portland and uh, anyone peacefully protesting that is being fucked around with, uh, you know, we just want to bring light to that and we will continue to.
2: Amen.
1: And also, you know, officials in Portland and Oregon They're all speaking out the governor of Oregon, the mayor of Oregon, the Senate delegation of Oregon. They're all speaking out like no one like we have to be clear. No one from the state of Oregon asked for this response from the federal government.
2: They're all asking them to leave.
1: They're they're suing them to leave. Yeah, they're the 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 district attorney in Oregon is suing them.
0: Because they're violating constitutional rights. And And
2: making things worse.
0: On top of that lawsuit, there's a second lawsuit from the ACLU of Oregon um, also suing because of this going on. Uh, Yeah,
2: it was kind of crazy to watch the... I saw videos of uh, a little girl. I mean, not. I shouldn't say girl. She was a woman just in her blue ACLU vest chasing these thuggish guys. Just screaming, where are you taking these people? Where are you taking these people with their camera? She was like half the size of these guys, just chasing them down everywhere. And I was like, "Go ACLU, like now when they you, are out for it."
0: They are, and when you say like half the size of these guys, like some of these guys maybe you know a little bit big or whatever, but at the same time they cowered to the sight of a naked woman. When a protester <laughs> in Portland, this uh, this lady got naked, and she stood there in front of all of these thugs and uh, just butt ass naked, and that she didn't. she even sat down and spread her legs facing them, and they didn't know what to do with a naked woman, so they ran away.
2: She did a little dance for them first.
0: I yeah. did not see any of this. It was really it was it was like no. an iconic photo that I think is going to be around for a long time. This very
2: this, long time.
0: It, I, I like I almost want to get a print of it. It was such a crazy moment. Crazy. Uh, wow,
1: really? I have to see this now. Yeah, I did see that. Uh, I saw that. Uh, you know, like a hundred moms went out and locked arms together in front of all the protesters, and then they were yes. shot
0: with tear gas by the feds.
1: Yeah, but fuck that.
0: Yeah. Like, good for
1: you moms. Yes. Like that I mean, that's pretty cool.
2: And then the next night more moms showed up.
1: And that's the thing, like, so the federal government deploys uh these tactics and they're deploying all these unmarked agents. Uh Katie just showed me the photo. Holy crap. <laughs> Jesus. Uh but they deploy these tactics and these protesters, like the numbers were starting to dwindle because these but now they're increasing after everything that the federal government's doing. Because
0: it's escalation is what's going on. It's like, I, you know, I don't want to get too far out in the weeds, but it's almost like DJT and Barr are trying to spark violence. It. That way they can get yeah. some footage of protesters fighting back and then use that in the propaganda.
2: Oh, it's totally a political stunt. This is all just for well, it's fanfare. A dist- yeah. Well, it's
1: distraction, too, from
2: yeah.
1: uh, coronavirus and, uh, you know. Oh, everything he, he, Ch- excuse me, the Wuhan flu.
0: The Wuhan flu. Thank you. Okay. The China yeah. virus. Thanks.
2: Yeah.
0: That's the official. Anyways, never mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't go down that road.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, it's not the China virus. It's not the Wuhan flu. Shut up with that, DJT. Mm. Solomon Rashput is running for Congress. He's 28 years old. He's a med student. And he is going to be joining us next uh, right here on its news to us.
3: Don't move. Uh, we'll be right back. Hopefully. Not all of us were born into dynasties. We're told to wait our turn, that our time will come. But what is a political elite doing while we wait? They're taking millions of dollars from corporations. Corporations who have a financial incentive and in maintaining the status quo. And when we demand change... Establishment politicians tell us we can't get too crazy, that we need to be realistic, that we don't understand how things work. They insist that our best hope is to aim small. By aiming small, nothing really changes, status quo maintained. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of this. My name is Solomon Rajput. I grew up in Ann Arbor, and I'm a medical student at the University of Michigan. I'm a Muslim American and a child of Pakistani immigrants. As a grassroots organizer, I've learned that people are not looking for timid policy tweaks about some random bylaw. People have some big problems in their lives, and they're looking for big solutions that will solve these problems for good. Some people might say big proposals are too radical. But what's more radical? Tuition-free public college or forcing our graduates to be enslaved to huge amounts of student debt? What's more radical? Medicare for all? Or defending greedy companies as they profit off people's illnesses? What's more radical? A Green New Deal that creates millions of green energy jobs? We're sitting idly by as climate change ravages our environment. The fact of the matter is, the only thing that's radical here is the status quo. That's why I'm running for Congress. But our district is being run by a political dynasty. Someone from the Dingell family's held the seat for 85 years. The incumbent is as establishment as it gets. She doesn't support tuition-free college or the Green New Deal, and she's rolling in corporate money. If you've received over a million dollars in corporate donations, if you've taken money from ExxonMobil and Goldman Sachs, if you have hundreds of thousands of dollars in fossil fuel stocks, then who are you really working for? We've been told to wait. And they tell us there's a line and we need to know our place. Well, we've waited. And thinking small has left us with a whole lot of nothing. We're done waiting. It's our turn now. Vote or die. It's news to us. Election 2020 coverage continues.
0: That it does. The election is coming up here in no time, and primaries happening all around us. And uh, that leads us to our guest tonight. Solomon Rashput is joining us. He's running for Congress, 28 years old, a med student, Michigan's 12th District. Welcome to the show.
3: Hey, thank you so much. Yeah, it's great to be here.
0: So this is really cool, man. This is exciting. Um, You know, you are uh, going up against a pretty big opponent 87 year political dynasty right with with uh, your opponent that's uh, are you are you nervous about this you got to be nervous right
3: you know i was really nervous in the beginning i was super nervous in the beginning when i was starting I, um, it was pretty crazy. I was definitely getting pretty scared because, you know, I've never run for office before. (laughs) I'm barely old enough to run. Uh, We're going up against this, uh, 87 year old political dynasty. Congresswoman Dingell's family has held the seat for 87 years straight. So, uh, I was definitely pretty nervous. Um, you know, for me, kind of what pushed me over the edge was just like how urgent, our issues are. And like, particularly, particularly with climate change and everything. Right. Because like with climate change, we have such little time left to act on this issue. And like, I'm a medical student. Right. And so by the time I finish medical school, school, and then actually like do all the training I need to do to become a full fledged doctor, it'll be five or six years from today. But if we only have 10 years left to act on this issue, then, you know, you barely um, practice. what kind of well, be entering into as a doctor? You, you know what be, I mean? But so you, like might be, that, you might be pretty scary, busy though. I think,
0: you might be pretty busy though as a doctor though, as a, as a new med student graduating into a global apocalypse, I'd imagine you'd have a lot of people going to the doctor's office.
3: Oh yeah. I mean, it's going to be great for business. <laughs> I mean, that's what happens when healthcare is run like a business, right? People are like, Oh, don't like actually let the people get healthy. <laughs> um, uh-huh. how are we going to make any money? So yeah, no, um, with uh, with the global apocalypse, it would be you know, there, if, if global apocalypse is like the best case scenario for capitalism, really. <laughs> all, right, all right, well, we'll uh,
0: we'll get into like more of that in just a second. We like to get to know our uh, our candidates who come on the show on a personal level too. So, what's the uh, what's the last yeah. thing that you binge watched on Netflix? What's
3: the What's the most recent show I binge watched on Netflix?
0: Sure, or Hulu, or whatever. way you have Disney Plus, or so many now.
3: Yeah, there's so many. Um, I've honestly been really busy. Like, I haven't had a chance to binge watch anything. Um, Let's see. I did like in the beginning to middle of Corona, I was watching something, and it was like, you know, I wasn't binge watching any one thing, but I did get on a sci fi kick. Um, (laughs) Okay. And then I was like watching all of like all of these like lesser known like sci fi movies um, that like just on amazon prime and on netflix uh there was like i think the maze runner series <laughs> i had to watch like it's like so weird it's like a it's something that people don't really know about it's like um kind of <laughs> that like
0: that was an uh, Arnold schwarzenegger B-side movie hunger games i think it was like a, that was, no I, no no at some point it was right no turned, I, don't think, I don't know
3: maybe yeah i don't know but it's like it's like one of those teen dystopian like it's exactly like the hunger games but just like just a little different, but yeah. So like, I got really into that. I will admit, I will, I will readily admit that. What's your so, favorite band? I would What's your favorite band? My favorite band. Um, I, my music taste is just like all over the place. I really, I used to really love old Taylor Swift. It is a guilty pleasure, of mine. Old Taylor Swift. Uh, yeah. People freak out when they hear that. I think that's like probably one of the most controversial things about me. Um, <laughs> it's but, the most controversial I mean, <laughs> like, thing about your platform, actually. <laughs> I know. Forget the platform. It's, it's just really the, it's really old Taylor shit. but uh, yeah. Um, uh, I love, I mean, you know, I'm just like, I'm, I'm pretty basic when it comes to my music taste. I listen to today's hits I love Drake, like <laughs> The weekend, you know, so, so I'm, I'm, when it comes to music, I'm very basic.
0: <laughs> you said that you've never run for office before, but you were the class president for three years uh, when you were growing up. And I'm wondering, did you get to hang out in the teacher's lounge? And if so, did it smell like stale black coffee and depression like I imagine it does?
3: Uh, I spent a lot more time like um, hanging out in like the principal's office, <laughs> like uh, not for, not because I got in trouble. That was middle school. But in high school, um, I was like, uh, just like always on the PA system all the time. being like, everyone, don't forget we've got a bake sale coming up. <laughs> and like all the teachers just like unanimously hated me because um, they're like, Solomon keeps interrupting our class about these bake sales that he's doing. Uh, but I was like, it's fine. I'm like, I'm with the principal. So I was very establishment in high school, I'll admit. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. How times have changed.
0: Just trying not to rock the boat. Uh you know, one more personal trying question. Now, this one boat. is like very controversial yeah. for a lot of people. Uh postmates Uber Eats or Grubhub?
3: Man, you guys are really trying to dig into my personal life right yeah, now. We are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so uh I um I mean, like, go with what you know, right? Like, I've been doing grub for a while. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, Ooh. my sister reads all day, but, like, you know, agree to disagree, so.
0: Yeah, you may have just lost my vote on that one. I'm sorry. I think,
3: yeah. It, it like, you can never please anyone, <laughs> like, when it comes to that topic, so. <laughs> but
0: But really, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's crazy that you are a med student, but also running for Congress. I mean, uh, say you win, are you going to put, the med student stuff on hold?
3: Well, so I'm taking a leave right now because there's absolutely no, like no way, like literally no way to be a medical student while also running for Congress. Like this past year. I've just been on the leave. Um, and, uh, if I, if I win, then I'm going to continue my leave because my school is really cool. Um, but if I, and I can like, they're like, yes, yeah, a term or two and come back. I'm like, all right. So, um, but if I lose, uh, then I'm just going to go right back to med school in a couple weeks. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, so, you know, I mean, you start. might,
0: you might need a better backup plan.
3: I know. I know. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, i I'm really roughing it these days. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's like, oh, if the Congress thing doesn't work out oh, I'll just become a doctor. Ooh. You yeah. Know.
3: I mean, medicine's cool. Medicine, no. you know? <laughs> yeah. What,
0: what kind of medicine are you wanting to get into?
3: Um, you know, uh, I have. I'm like such a weirdo. I like all different kinds of things. Um, my dad's a psychiatrist actually. So, uh, we love, um, we love just like talking with people, uh, helping them out, um, when they're going through like tough times and stuff. So, um, psychiatry is on the table. Emergency sounds really really cool. Um, I'm like pretty ADHD. So it's like kind of appealing to the, you know, go from one really crazy thing to like another really crazy thing. And like, you know, just kind of like running back and forth. Um, helping people like, you know, uh, just like really when they need the most help and stuff. So, you know, um, or maybe we'll do family medicine and just like get to see little kids grow up to be, you know, like full fledged adults and follow their journey. I think that'd be cool too. So I'm, I'm kind of all over the place.
0: Well, uh, according to our records here, we may or may not have had people going through your garbage. You have a hundred thousand dollars in student loan debt. So are
3: True, you yes, my garbage would tell you that.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: is that I mean, is that one of the reasons why you're running as a progressive candidate that supports a lot of Bernie Sanders' views is because you know firsthand how devastating that is to get those
3: bills? It's it's heinous. It's absolutely heinous. And like, you know, um, I I'm terrified at the prospect of like when I actually graduate and like the bills do start rolling in, like when you're an actual student. You know, you're in de- like you don't have to be paying while you're an actual student, at least that we have some semblance of sense there. But, you know, I know people who have at like six hundred thousand dollars worth of debt after medical school nice. and undergrad, um, which is like, how can someone have that much money to be in debt? And like at that point, you're just an indentured servant. And like, you know, and so many people I know, they choose what kind of doctor they want to be. Um, not based off of like what kind of medicine they want to practice, but based off of how much money it's going to make because they're in so much. They're going to be in so much debt, and they have to. They're like, we have to be realistic about how much debt we're going to be in. Well, what do you so say?
0: Really, uh, so I, I would assume. So medicine. what is your official stance on it? Do you support forgiving student loan debt, or what do you think?
3: Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, nobody should have had to take out that debt to, to begin with. You know, we're essentially asking people to take out a mortgage, um, but not for a home, just for an education before they're making any money. Right. Like in order to be able to have a shot at uh, a degree that will provide like um, better opportunity for themselves and family and for them to contribute more to society. Right. So like I completely think we need to eliminate all student debt, all of it from every single place. Right. So like I'm talking about all debt, uh, including like debt from graduate schools. Uh, and then I also think that we need to make all education free in this country, free public college for sure, 100%. What do you say to the Ooh.
0: critics that say, hey, you, you're you going to become a doctor. You're going to be making a lot of money. You should be able to pay off your student loans.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's a, you know, that is a thing that people say. Um, but I would say that we all know that doctors are not the only type of people who take on loans. I mean, like how many people do we know who went to college and are now in tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt and are not able to get a job that is more than minimum wage, um, and then are like expected to still pay off their student loans, you know? Like, I mean, I know somebody who is an undergrad or who like majored in biology in undergrad, like got really good grades, did all the right things, and then, like, went to University of Michigan, the best public school in the country, we do like to say. Um, and then uh, ended up working at Dick's Sporting Goods for two years afterwards, right? And, like, he was like, what the heck? Like, this is a job I could have literally gotten right out of high school. So yeah, I don't believe that anybody with- should have had to ha- take on this debt. But if you, but I, in particular, uh, we need to recognize that so many people are not going to have any kind of economic opportunity to be able to pay off this debt at all.
2: Yeah, no and no school should cost six hundred thousand dollars. No school should cost you yeah, know, that's a hundred no thousand dollars. That's
3: an
0: absolute
2: fact. Cost anybody that much money.
0: And, and yeah, and it's crazy like how just ridiculously expensive it's gotten because our parents generation they say, Oh yeah, I was able to work a part time job, pay rent, and pay myself through college. What why are you not doing that? It's like you don't understand yeah. how crazy expensive it's gotten. Um, right? It's just it's criminal. Yeah. Um, and speaking. Yeah, of, it's disgusting. Speaking of that, though, in finances like rent, rent is a big issue right now in this country. Yeah. Um, more than 10 percent of American households, 12 million people, uh, 12 million households rather, are uh, according to the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development are paying more than 50 percent of their annual incomes on uh, their rent over 50 percent. That is insane. I know that you uh, have some ideas around affordable housing. How do we fix this?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, like it has just gotten so hard to live in this country. People are in a constant struggle to survive. I mean, so few, so many people are just living paycheck to paycheck. I'm sure you guys have heard the stats. It's like something crazy. Like 40% of Americans can not deal with like an unexpected $400 expense. So like, if your car, you know, if, like, you need to do some maintenance on your car, forget about it. Like, you do not have the money for that. And that is, I mean, like, you know, um, my parents, right, they're from Pakistan. We know a lot of people from Pakistan. Pakistan's a developing country. People from Pakistan will, who move here say, like, this country is over time becoming more and more like a developing country. It's, it's yes. hate. Like, people from developing countries are saying that. It's hard to live. It's hard to, It's hard to thrive. It's hard to live, let alone thrive, right? Um, and one of those things in particular is it's hard to pay rent. So with rent, right. there are some really simple things that we can do right now. So one thing that we can do is we can, um, have federal rent control. And, uh, that would be something that would be super helpful to so many people across this country, including the people who live in our district in our, um, in our, uh, town that I live in Ann Arbor, um, rent increased 15% last year, like from one year it increased 15% on average. Wow. So that's an extraordinary amount and like all of this is so unsustainable um and so if we have a federal federal rent control where we say like rent can't increase by more than three percent every year you know that's a really great way for us to like uh, tackle so many issues at once it'll help us tackle gentrification um because landlords can't just be like oh you know your lease is up and if you want to continue living here you have to pay like a thousand dollars more or like you know, whatever, like $500 more every single month or whatever. You know, that's like what happens with gentrification. You wouldn't be able to do that if we have rent control. We also need to like have the federal government step up and start actually making more affordable housing units. I mean, right now they're not making any more because of this um, dumb thing called the Faircloth Amendment, which we need to repeal. Uh, it's this thing that essentially prevents the federal government from making more public housing, which is wild. And then we also need to... um like so many of our public housing and affordable housing units are falling into disrepair. Right? So like, uh, we need to make sure that we allocate funds using the vast wealth and resources of the federal government of the richest country that's ever existed on the planet called the United States of America. We need to allocate some funds towards um, renovating and refurbishing those units that are falling into disrepair. So people who um, do need uh affordable housing, Aren't having to live in like such squalid, deteriorating conditions. So there's so much that could be done so easily. It's like kind of like mind-boggling. But the I reason, but
0: th- there's a good reason why it's not being done because you just described a society that is favoring those with money and those with power and those that have the most influence over the government uh, are the ones with money and power, and that's really what it comes down to. I feel like all these issues can be solved if we get money out of politics. And you're not taking any corporate PAC money for your campaign, so we applaud you there. But, I mean, if you are elected to office, how are you going to get money out of politics? What are you, what's your part going to be? I know it's going to take more than just you, but what are you going to do to make that happen?
3: Yeah, well, money in politics is literally the root of all the evil in this country. It's like the reason why politicians say one thing to your face, do something else behind your back. I mean, they've essentially made a deal with the devil. And that's the reason why... Um, our country is being run by corporations for corporations instead of how it's supposed to be run, which is by the people for the people, because you know, the politicians are being paid by corporations to write the rules in their favor. So how can that be anything but illegal legal bribery? And we need to call it for what it is. What I'm going to do in particular is I think it really starts with, um, representatives themselves saying, I'm not going to take any money from corporations. That's number one. Number two, we need publicly financed campaigns because right now, um, if you want to run, uh, it's very, very hard to run a good race without being, um, without like having a ton of corporate money or having a ton of wealthy friends or being independent, wealthy yourself. How we're combating that with our campaign is that we're building a huge army of committed young people to go out there and talk to all the voters in our congressional district. So essentially what we're doing is we're building people power and we build like an enormous army. We've like unprecedented people power. It's like really awesome. And I feel really grateful and blessed uh, that our campaign is doing so well. Um, but that's, you know, I came into this with, uh, as an organizer, I've been organized for many years now. And so if, um, if you don't really know how to like organize super well, well then like you're kind of out of luck, right? Like then essentially you just have to have a lot of money. And if we have a publicly financed campaign, then instead of, uh, you know, wealthy people being able to run, um, we can actually set aside a government fund that if you want to run, um, and if you're getting some small grassroots donations, the government fund can match those donations. So, like, let's say, like, this is what they do in New York. If you give me 20 bucks, the government will match it 100, they'll match it six times. So, you, your, the government will give me 120 bucks to match your 20 bucks. So now I'm 140 bucks. So now, like, these small grassroots donations, like, really, really add up. And so that's how we can publicly finance campaigns. Um, and also, I think that, like, how, if I were to win, right? Like, we're doing this people powered thing I was talking about uh, our campaign is running super, super lean. And a lot of things that cost money, we've um, found people, uh, and their volunteer effort to like help us out with. So I would like, um, something I want to do to help us get money out of politics is figure out how we can make really good campaigns cost a lot less money, um, by like building big, big people powered campaigns. Um, and then like, if, you know, that's what we're doing right now, if we succeed, I want to, uh, I'm gonna like create a, a guide essentially to like let everyone else know how we did this because um, I think it could really change the game.
0: Your opponent is also a Democrat and you're a Democrat as well, but your opponent is uh, Congressman Dingle uh, taking apparently just a lot of money, two million dollars in corporate uh, donations, according to your website. Um, I mean, how how does the little guy like you stand up to somebody like this? I mean. It's got to be, like, really daunting on many different levels. Do you think you have a fighting chance, or are you doing this to somehow bolster your medical career once you start a practice?
3: Uh, No. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, um, I, like... Uh, for all of the cynics out there <laughs> or for, uh, you know, anyone who's thinking that, like, I'm doing this for reasons other than actually trying to win, um, I would like to say that I am actually doing this to win this election. Um, and there's, like, no other, like, it's really important for everyone to, like, know their intent while they're running and to be very honest with themselves about why they're running. And, like, a lot of people do run for reasons other than to champion change in this country. Um, they might run because they do want to in- in- like uh get their name out there or they feel to like you know they want to do it because they think it'd be badass and they feel like it'll like validate themselves and their ego or it'll help like improve their name recognition and like other which will help them in the other pursuits in their life but no for me really uh the reason i'm running is because i am trying to champion change um that i think is really necessary for this country we talked you know a little bit about climate change um i was getting ahead of myself before the <laughs> like we were to the personal question first but like you know the other issues um getting big money out of politics medicare for all uh affordable housing racial justice um all kinds of different things so that's what i really care about and you know uh the way that we are competing with congresswoman dingle and all of our money is, is that we're we are building a campaign that money can't buy right like What does money buy you? It buys you a lot of advertisement, but as we know, advertisement only gets you so far in a campaign, hashtag Michael Bloomberg, right? There's something that's a lot more powerful than advertisement, and that is actually uh, reaching out to people one-on-one, engaging them in the political process, and earning their support. And that's been demonstrated through science and research to be much more effective than advertisement, and so that's what we're doing. uh, we're, We're building this huge army of young people to go out there, talk to all the voters. Remotely, by calling people, by texting people, Um, and also, you know, we are really active on, uh, we're really engaging people in new, innovative ways through social media, Um, and of course, we're doing uh, the bread and butter of, like, mailers and social media ads as well, so we're doing a whole host of things, Um, we just had a debate with Congresswoman Dingell, Uh, went really well, we were very honest and forthright in characterizing her lack of support on many progressive issues. And I think that also helped us win a lot of support in the community. Um, But, yeah, no, I'm here to win, and I'm here to win to champion progressive change in this country, first and foremost.
1: Do you support term limits for uh, members of Congress?
3: Yeah. So, you know what, well, what I definitely don't support is a family that has been able to like held the seat for 87 years straight. So, um, that is something that I think like should not be happening at all. Uh, I do for support term limits in some form. I'm like, we're still trying to figure out like exactly what number that term is, but like, I feel like if we don't have term limits, we see what we get in this country. Right. We see, um, that like we have political dynasties in a democracy how can that happen we also see that we have um our senate and our house of representatives in large part being run by the same people year in year out who are doing this as a job just to collect a paycheck um and so that's something that we don't want to see right like that is uh an- antithetical to Uh, A well-functioning democracy. I mean, there's a reason why the president can only be in office for two terms. And I think that we need to start applying those, that same principle to um, members of the House and the Senate for sure.
0: But how does this work with a dynasty? So you're up against this 87-year-old dynasty. So it's a number of different people. And we're talking about different individuals that may just share the same last name and bloodline that have held that seat. I mean, how do you How do you even think up some sort of legislation to stop something like that? And why is that wrong?
3: Well, um, you know, Congresswoman Dingell has held the seat for about six years. And the person before her was her husband who had held it for 60 years. Um, (laughs) And the person before him was his dad who had held it for 20 years. So um, 20-something years, right? So uh, that is um a really, really, really long period of time by very few individuals. So if we had term limits, um it might not uh address directly like the blood lineage piece of it, but like there's you know, um but it would certainly affect somebody's uh, a, like an individual's ability to hold a seat for like a very long time. I mean, we just actually don't see dynasties happen very much in American history. Like they're not that many. What I just happen to be going up against like the longest one uh, that like has held this like a congressional seat.
0: Are you afraid? So, I, mean, you know what I mean? Can I ask you, like, are you, are you personally afraid to go up against this dynasty? Cause I think if I were you, I would fear for my own safety. I don't know why. I just feel like I would. It's probably not even justified, but if I'm going up against this powerful family, I'd be a little bit scared.
3: I mean, yeah, it was scary in the beginning. Like, I mean, I was kind of like trying to talk about, it It was very scary in the beginning. Right. Like I was, you know, I'm like medical student, like I'm never on problems for like, I'm an organizer. I've been like organizing in the world of politics, but I've like never been, um, never, uh, like I'm barely well enough to run. Right. I mean, I don't think like initially it's like really scary, like really scary. Um, but then you start and you're like, what's the big deal? You know, like, they are powerful in the sense that they have a lot of sway and influence among other political leaders. And like, we're not going to get any endorsements from <laughs> political people, but like they don't have the mafia. <laughs> like they don't control. Oh no.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't like, I'm not saying that they're going to do anything violent. Like, I mean, it could just be even like you go up against a, a powerful family like that. They could easily dig up some social media post or like some dirt on you. I'm not saying that you have any, but you never know. Like something could be taken out of context or even made up. I'm not saying that they're doing this, but I'm just saying it it could be like kind of a scary situation to get yourself into.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, like I think I was worried about all this stuff in the very beginning for sure. Um and like I was, th- you know, we were worried that like they would pull some stuff to like, you know, invalidate um our uh the petition signatures that we needed to get on the ballot. But like, you know, I think that there's a like a lot more like mystique and like um I don't know, just like this feeling that these people are like a lot more powerful than they are like they are they hold a lot of sway um and they have like deep community relationships but they like i don't know i mean also i think the fact is that we have run like a very like polite race you know we're just uh we are very direct about um the facts and the fact that congresswoman dingle takes this money from corporations and that like she doesn't support these uh, she's not a progressive in that she doesn't, you know, support progressive, the progressive agenda. And she doesn't support many policies in particular. Um, but like, we haven't been, you know, we haven't really done, we have wanted to keep this campaign uh, to be, you know, as uh full of like integrity as possible and not like be this, like gross, like dirty character assassination thing. So I think both of our campaigns have done a good job of just keeping it by like issues and policies that we're both supporting or not supporting. So we right out of time. One more
0: question. We have one of the president's official comment cards, and I'd like you to answer it. How would you rate trump's covid nineteen response good, really good, or great?
3: Oh, it's a great question like I mean on opposite day, I would say great, but like I don't think that's today, so I would say like um horrific. So, like <laughs> I'd have to like fill in. A, like, Actually, I think in that in was the, great. Yeah, is, right, is, it's so.
0: opposite day and say great, and we're good. That works. Yeah, that we'll works just, for me. We'll
3: just say today's opposite day, and we'll go with great. How does all that right,
0: work? fair enough. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And how can people uh, find out more about you and your campaign and help support?
3: Yeah, for sure. So um, the election is in two weeks from tomorrow. It's on August fourth. Um, we really encourage everyone to vote absentee. Uh, get their ballot early. So if they want to learn how to do that, they can learn on our website, which is solomonrajputcom slash vote. So that's uh, solomonrajpu T.com slash vote. And, um, yeah, so please, uh, if you live in the district, please vote. If you don't live in the district, please check out our website and, um, you can also donate. And then we're actually going to have opportunities for people to help out nationally in terms of like making calls, um, and doing a variety of other, uh, you know, volunteer tactics, uh to help us get the the vote out on uh for the election. So um those are some ways that everyone can help out.
0: Well when it's time for the general election, uh we hope that you'll come back and join us. We'll be live covering. It would be good uh to hear from you if you're able to drop in and uh we really appreciate you coming on the show.
3: Fingers crossed, yeah, hopefully we'll win the primary and then like yeah you know, our district is super progressive so if we win the primary we're kinda good and then we'll just like be able to hang out and do a lot of these kinds of things. It'll be really fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, well we're that's going to happen so we're we're putting everything behind you and good luck to you and thanks again for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good night. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. There's the future doctor, Doctor Congressman. That's like too uh, much. Hopefully hopefully Congressman. Yeah, right. Oh, uh, yeah, hopefully yeah. And doctor. Hopefully both at some point. Although we, we, we have we have one of those right now, his name is Rand Paul, not, and that's really not that impressive. Well, he's an eye doctor. Let's let's be <laughs> fair here. Idiot. He's an eye doctor. <laughs> okay, we'll be right back. Like, I'm not. I'm not. I'm
1: not. I'm not trying to belittle what he does or what, you know what? he's a doctor of, but
0: like he's not fucking open heart surgery yeah. <laughs> here. Listen, eyes are pretty complicated. Hey, okay. I go to okay. an, I go to an eye doctor all the time, and I uh, I respect what he does
2: ophthalmologist is that what they're called
0: yes something like that what do I know I'm not a doctor
2: you're not a doctor
0: Uh, I'm right back but I play one on TV (laughs) all right Uh, what a show what a show so much happening and uh, that's it now we have to wrap it up and act like we got to it all but we did not
1: we did not get to it all I would like to say that the Washington Nationals just announced that Dr. Fauci will be throwing out the first pitch this Yay, year.
2: Hey, Dr. Fauci. Don't <laughs> give him coronavirus, please.
1: I thought that was pretty funny because we all remember last year where DJT got booed at a Nationals game, right?
2: <laughs>
0: oh, was that only last? Oh, that was last year, yeah. Oh, I maybe mean, it was two years ago. I don't know. What, what day is it God, anymore? It was
2: like 10 years ago.
0: Mm. Yeah. Uh, But that is pretty funny. Um, But yeah, thanks to our guest this uh, episode. And yeah, vote.org. Go there. Register to vote. Check your voter registration. Get your absentee ballot. You can all do it right there. Vote.org. Here at Adobe, we're going to start our Just Fucking Vote campaign pretty soon. So uh, (laughs) that'll be fun. Love it. And also... Just Fucking Vote. Special announcement... I don't think we've announced this yet, but we will be live on election night. We're promoting this way in advance, so hang out with us on November. Is it third or fourth this year? Third. We will, uh, yeah, be live right here, and I do. Be one way or another, whether it's socially distanced or not, we'll find out based on how COVID is going. And uh, sweet
2: sweet party. It's
0: gonna be either yeah, sweet sweet party, or just the sob fest. Who knows?
2: We might leave crying,
0: (laughs) but we'll feel like we're doing something. Because I, I honestly I can't sit there watching TV. I'll get too nervous. If we're doing a show, I'll at least be somewhat occupied.
1: True that. And you we'll know have saying? all
0: of our former guests on, hopefully throughout the night. Yeah, I would love to check in with all of our uh, guests. Like even if they haven't won their primary, it'd be cool to have their perspective because these are people who are like well versed in politics, way more than we are. That was <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, anyways, so, we'll see everybody next time. Bye
3: appreciate it very much tim apple
0: wear a mask